The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. The Mayor wasn't available for today's segment, so on the line now we've got the Deputy Mayor of the City of Greater Geelong, Councillor Trent Sullivan. Good morning. Good morning, Mitchell, and thank you for having me this fine morning. Well, first of all, the Mayor has been pre-selected to run as the Liberal candidate for Corangamart, which will be a very tough contest, no doubt. Uh, but in terms of the impacts on the Council, first of all, should councillors who become federal candidates have to resign, whether it's Libby Coker, who, uh, of course, was a Sefka Shire councillor who ran for Corangamart, or I think the, uh, the Labour candidate, Frida Monero, at the uh, federal by-election, uh, she was a councillor. Should councillors have to resign if they become a candidate <laughs> well you're right mitchell this is very large news and it's incredibly exciting that the major one of the major parties has seen the mayor along as an incredible candidate for a federal seat and especially one that is as important as Karangamite. um what's important to notice right now though is that we have a new local government act which came into effect last year the local government act of 2020 And when a new act of law comes in regarding any industry or sector, uh, there's always a period of time afterwards where it gets pushed around a little bit, the extent of it is measured, and really its effectiveness comes into account. Uh, Under this act at the moment, a councillor isn't required to resign or take a leave of absence when running as a candidate for either state or federal parliament. But that person, the councillor who is running, will only cease to qualify as a councillor if they become a member of a higher parliament. Uh, if they lose, that means they win the election. If they lose their election, they're entitled to come back and remain in that role. Um, so right now we're seeing a situation uh, which happened in the last, in 2019 as well as at the moment, where the mayor or councillor will only be required to step down full-time if they actually win. Uh, whether they do or do not, any councillor can choose to step down leading up to election, uh, but I trust that the mayor will make the right decision at the right time. Well, you would know as well as anyone what a councillor's duties involve. Can you have that workload where you've got both situations unfolding at once? You've got to represent your constituents of Ballerine and be the mayor or the deputy mayor in your case and also run a federal campaign at the same time. Is there enough hours in the day to do that? Oh, there's barely enough hours in the day, um, as it is for anybody. Um, but it, it all depends. I'm sure towards the uh, pointy end of any election of any campaign, uh, the workload does become significant. Uh, but, but I do trust uh, the mayor in her capacity to remain unbiased in her duties uh, approaching them as a council law. Um, I don't expect there to be any crossover, and I don't expect any uh, constituents to be worried about that. Uh, we all know the mayor to be a high-performing individual and upsetting council law. Um, I'm sure all of those uh, skills and uh, traits will transfer to the uh, coming weeks or months of whenever the federal election is called. If the mayor does decide to resign either because she's won the seat of Karangamite federally or because uh, she wants to resign to focus 100% on the campaign, how would the dynamics of council change? I see the Geelong Advertiser is reporting it as if uh, Corey Wolverton, the Greens candidate, has it in the bag to win an account back. I'm less optimistic. I'd suggest it would probably either go to Elise Wilkinson or Tom O'Connor. But if one of those sorts of people came onto council, how would that change the dynamics that you currently have? Mm, you're right, Mitchell. So being a multi-member ward style of local government, uh, when a councillor you know, resigns for whatever reason, uh, it initiates, initiates a count-back by the VEC, as you'd be familiar. 
Um, when this happens, um, it's almost anyone's game. The advertiser was uh, reporting it as the number four would automatically step up, but that's not always the case, as we saw with the Surf Coast Shire in the last council. Yes. They had uh, one of the councillors who, who I can't counsel right now, was in prime position, but once the countback uh, took place, uh, they were not not the uh, winner. So you really, it really does depend on the flow of preferences, especially from Stephanie and there on in. Um, and the VEC has a bit has a bit of leeway with how they run this, but it, but it's never a sure thing that number four steps up into number three. And uh, the other point to make about that Surf Coast one was it wasn't even close in the count back. It was a clear win to the other person, even though uh, the current councillor thought that they had it in the bag as well. So um, you don't know, I suppose, who you're going to have to work with as a council. But if someone new comes in, does it upset the dynamic that you've worked out? Because a lot of these people you've been working with uh, in the last council, so since 2017, you've built that relationship and there was only one new person that came in at the last election. So how does that change things? Mm. Yes, at the last city grade long uh, council election, uh, 10 out of 11 councillors were returned, which shows great faith in the community that this council group is effective, is getting things done and is standing up uh, for our residents. Uh, we had one new councillor join us, Councillor Maloney, and she's been a fantastic addition um, to, to the crew, so to speak. Um, she's fitted in very nicely and everyone's very willing to work along together. So I'm never opposed to new blood to a council group. Uh, we definitely, as a collective, don't want to get to a stage where we're stagnant at all, but that's a long way off. Uh, but you should always be opening to working with new people, with new ideas, and uh, forming part of the society in a, in a better way. Uh, moving along, tree vandals. How big of a problem is this? Oh, look, um, we're urging residents to report any suspected damage to trees as the city rolls out another planting program, which we have. Uh, we wish to plant over 2,500 trees across Grey Geelong this year to help us create a cooler and greener region. Uh, new signage has been installed because there are, unfortunately, a few tree vandalism hotspots and we want to reduce the number of attacks in those areas. The first signs uh, we'll put up in St Helens Reserve and in Rippleside, where two trees were poisoned earlier this year, unfortunately. So we are seeking information about this illegal activity and we will persecute, uh, pursue persecution of any offenders. So if anybody has any information, if they could please report it to 5272-5272, that'd be much appreciated because our trees are an important part um, of where we live. They shape uh, our environment and they're an important part, an important target for our urban forestry, forest strategy. And we don't have to waste time having you know, more staff deployed to, to fix vandalised trees when they could be out there doing other good work in our community. So your main concern is when the trees have just been planted and they're quite small in the ground and I suppose some people are inclined to go and rip them out of the ground. Yeah, you've definitely got two two branches to this, uh, uh, if you excuse the pun. Um, there's definitely the uh, the vandalism of our younger trees, either through, fe- through theft or just blatant destruction, and as well as poisoning of our older, larger trees, um, which is never a good thing either. Now, I see expressions of interest have gone out uh, for the construction of the Northern Aquatic and Community Hub, so getting on with it, um, and I suppose uh, I suppose it's like any other tendering process, but uh, is there going to be any focus on trying to have local procurement there with that facility? Oh, absolutely, Mitchell. This is so exciting, you know, to how quickly this, this program, this project has moved since uh, Council resolved to make it a fully funded project is just incredibly exciting. Um, the city has opened up expressions of interest, as you've said, um, seeking for contractors for the construction of this project. 
Um, they will be evaluated by the city's tender evaluation panel on their capacity, experience, and deliver ability. Sorry, to deliver this project. But as you said, you know, part of that, you know, local experience, uh, local employees, um, local uh, where they get their products from. That these are very, very important things. You know, at the moment with our Civic Ecom, we're up to over sixty, nearly seventy percent of local procurement. These are key goals the City of Great Geelong have creates puts great emphasis on, especially for a $61 million project such as this. So we encourage all local contractors um, to go online. They can see the tender at www.geelongaustralia.com.au forward slash tenders um, or call us on 52725101. It's a major milestone to be able to put this out for tender and we're so incredibly excited to see uh, more great local uh, procurement and contractors come back to us. Now, disability parking is a contentious issue. In fact, all parking is a contentious issue. But I saw in the paper over the last couple of weeks there was concerns about someone that wanted to park outside their house during Geelong football club games. And because they live near the stadium, uh, that's almost impossible with all the people that park. So I think they might have parked in a no-standing zone and then as a result of that received a fine, which they thought was unfair because uh, having a disability, they wanted to park outside the front of their house. Yes, you're quite correct, Mitchell. Um, we understand Rhianne and Tracy's frustration with the increased traffic and difficulty in parking outside her Newtown home during these match days. And we certainly do empathise that receiving a parking fine is disappointing. Now, Councillor Murray uh, proactively reached out to Miss Tracy as soon as he became aware of the situation. And the city's parking team did the same thing. And they met with Miss Tracy last uh, Wednesday morning, which is fantastic. Um, I'm told it was a, certainly a productive and positive discussion and Council appreciates that Rhiannon is taking the time to chat about the situation. Uh, the chat they had provided a clear understanding of their frustration regarding parking, particularly on the days that, the, that there are matches at Kadenya Park. We're all familiar as uh, residents of Greenwich along <laughs> how busy that area can be. It's certainly challenging because no standing zones are there for things like emergency vehicle access. But we also understand how hard it is for Rhiannon because of how busy her street can get. Now, the COG team will keep speaking with Rhiannon with the aim of coming up with a solution that is certainly our idyllic outcome. We are working towards something. And we want our city to be accessible for everyone in our community. So there's no doubt it's a situation that we need to resolve. And we understand that one of the challenges around is accessing NDIS support to modify the access to the parking on a property. So we will be working with Rhiannon to help uh, her progress on that issue. Hmm. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, could ideas like having, I don't know, a disability parking space um, designated for her or some sort of permit parking arrangement outside her house beyond the table, or does council not normally go down to that granular individual level when setting up the parking arrangements for a street like that? Uh, these are certainly all our solutions, with we are, which we are considering. You know, um, the mayor, myself, local ward councillors, and, and our directors of this area are, are certainly discussing everything that's on the table. Now, what is Street Face? Oh, Street Face, Mitchell. I'm glad you asked about that. That's a fantastic program which residents would have seen over the years. Um, local organisations and LGAs this year have partnered together to deliver the latest Street Face project which will not only be displayed outside of Greater Geelong as well as in it for the first time in 12 years. Uh, you would have seen, and residents would have seen, um, these large uh, sort of murals of uh, pictures of people painted on the walls of buildings and whatnot. Um, this year we have nine stories from residents across the G21 region because 
We've expanded this from Geelong to the entire 21 region, uh, which our residents may know as City Grey Geelong, Calder Cotway Shire, Gordon Plains, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so we've got stories of nine residents of communities who experienced major transitions in their lives. So there's a fantastic big photo of their face and a bit of text by explaining their story. Uh, these large street face decals will be on display uh, and have been up since Tuesday, the 29th of June, and will be up until the 27th of August. And people can see them at City Hall, Busport, John West Town Hall, Leisure Link, at the Barwon Community Health in Port Arlington, our Civic Centre car park, and the Grovedale Neighbourhood House. And this is just a fantastic way of getting people's stories across, you know, getting people immersed in the community in a facet of art, which uh, which we don't often get to see. So I'm very excited about this as the portfolio for creative communities. The Hill Mountain Bike Park, I see that the council is seeking consultation around this. Is that the one as you drive up uh, Shannon Avenue, you see it on the right-hand side as you're heading up the hill there on the side of the hill? Yes, absolutely. Um that, and this has been a fantastic um, area in the past um, for BMX users, um, all sorts of mountain bike riders. It's been something that was opened up oh, nine or ten years ago. Uh, but it's been taken up by great use for our community. Cycling is a massive, massive uh, passion in our area. And now we're looking at the stage where we want to give it a bit of a, bit of a refresh, update it a bit, so to speak. So we're putting together a community group on that uh, where we want input from our community members, our riders, our avid users in the area, what they would like to see. Um, This is just another way that the council is seeking community input and listening to the messages of our riders. We definitely want to stay healthy and active and especially people being able to undertake BMX and mountain biking in a safe environment. Um, so this, this park here is certainly an asset to the city and we're looking to maintain it to the highest standard that we can. And uh, just last of all, grants. We've spoken to you a few times about grants that people could apply for. Do you want to just give us an update on where things are at? Absolutely. So once again, just like give a shout out that the grants are open uh, for the community grants for the 21-22 year. Um, it's been extended by three weeks to Monday the 2nd of August. Um, there's over $4 million of grants available under the categories of arts projects, children's week, community events, environmental sustainability, for festivals, uh, for healthy and connected communities, and for seniors festivals. Um, so solo traders, arts businesses are eligible as well for arts projects. Um, there's also community infrastructure grants, First Nations cultural heritage grants, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many, but this is just a fantastic way of members of our community who have great ideas or great projects they want to implement coming to the city and we'll help them uh, get these off the ground. Uh, it's a fantastic way of pumping money into our community and just enriching um, everything around us. So please check out on the Geelong Australia website uh, for such grants for more info. Well, Councillor, thanks very much for your time and we'll talk to you again next time whenever the Mayor's not available. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mitchell. Thank you. Trent Sullivan with us there, the Deputy Mayor of the City of Greater Geelong. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.